Morning. Welcome to another episode of History Under Your Feet. Today I take a look at one of my heroes, one of the most fascinating multi-talented personalities ever. Freedom fighter, nationalist, activist, thinker, writer and sadly very misunderstood. Here was someone who braved the worst form of imprisonment at Sinhala jail for not one year, two years but a whole decade. Imagine spending 10 years in a hellhole that would have broken the spirit of a lesser man. There is so much about Savarkar to be told, his fight for independence, his Hindutva philosophy, his stay in Sinhala jail. The late 19th century was when India was awakening to its spiritual heritage, its pride of place among the nations of the world during ancient times. People like Dayananda Swami Vivekananda were spreading social consciousness among India, urging them to awaken from this stupor. It was however just the beginning, only the groundwork had been done, the rising tide of nationalism was yet to surge. While there was a mood of a national reawakening, it still remained dormant. Precisely around that time in 1883, at a small village near Nashik called as Bhagur, Nag Damodar Savarkar was born on the 28th of May. Originally hailing from the Konkan, the Savarkars were quite influential in the final days of the Peshwas. He grew up amidst the chanting of Sanskrit slokas and listening to the tales of Mahabharata Ramayana and those of Shivaji and the Peshwas. A child prodigy, he composed poems at the age of 10, submitted them to newspapers and had an insatiable thirst for knowledge. Yet like most of the kids he was of his age, he was equally fun-loving and played, liked to play pranks. It was a time when the plague struck Maharashtra and many families were forcibly evicted from their homes by the British authorities. The assassination of the plague commissioner ran by the Shapeka brothers and their subsequent trial and hanging fired up Savakar's nationalist spirit. He swore to keep the revolutionary spirit alive and not rest till the British were driven out from India. With his parents passing away, Vinayak was taken care of by his elder brother Ganesh Savarkar Aga Babarao, who also influenced his thinking in a way. Along with his brother and two friends Maskar and Pajay, he formed the Mitra Mela, a band of friends in 1900 to promote the nationalist feelings among the youth. This Mitra Mela would later become the Abhinav Bharat in 1904 whose aim was to liberate India through the armed revolution. Nasik would be the starting point for Vinayak Savakar and his Mitra Mela began to occupy a vital space in public discourse. Along with his knowledge erudition, he was also a brilliant orator. All of these qualities made him a born leader. And one more aspect about the Mitra Mela was that it had no caste distinctions. He was dead against the caste system and untouchability. Savakar married Yamnabai in 1901 and the subsequent year he enrolled at Pune's Ferguson College. His father-in-law was quite a rich and influential person and he financially assisted Savakar in his education. At Pune, Savakar was more impressed, impressed by the extremist faction in the Congress, Lal Bal and Pal. The Swadeshi campaign as also the partition of Bengal affected Savakar deeply and he also wrote regularly for Aryan, a handwritten weekly started by him. He was influenced by the revolutionary movements in Italy, US and the works of Shakespeare, Milton, Kalidasa. Bhavabhuti had a deep impact on him. The Mitra Mandal became the Abhinava Bharat in 1904 and the subsequent year he was deep into the Swadeshi movement, conducting bonfires of foreign tours and roads. He passed his BA with distinction and also proved to be a writer of repute, composing ballads on Shivaji, Tanachi and Baji Prabhu. Abhinav Bharat, in a way, was organized at the lines of Mazini's Young Italy or the various revolutionary outfits in Ireland and Russia. In 1906, he left for England on a scholarship to study law with assistance from Shamji Krishnavarma. London in those days was a meeting point for revolutionaries from all over the world, and Savarkar stayed in the India house that was founded by Shamji, 
who was also founded the Home Rule Society in London in 1995. India House became a thriving hub of student and political activity and Su Savaka established the Free India Society in 1906 to organize the Indian students fighting for complete independence. In his own words, we must stop complaining about this British officer or that officer, this law or that law. There would, no be, there would be no end to that. Our movement must not be limited to being against any particular law, but it must be for acquiring the authority to make laws itself. In other words, we want absolute independence. Bhai Parmanand, Lala Hardayal, Virendranath Chattopadhyay, Madam Bikaji Kama and Senapati Bapat were some of the nationalists who came from there. It made the Indian students in Britain more proud of their heritage, culture and history. The Shera was celebrated. Anniversaries of Shivaji and Guru Gobind Singh were observed. Savakar spread his revolutionary ideas through pamphlets, books and articles. He translated the biography of Mazani into Marathi and got it published through his brother. He learned Gurumukhi, studied the Adhikaranth and appealed to the six years of their sense of duty. He dreamt of an 1857-style guerrilla war for freedom and studying its history, wrote the history of war of independent, for Indian independence. He was one of the first to call the 1857 mutiny as India's first war for independence. The book was banned all over by the British Empire for its incendiary content and Madame Bikaji Kama managed to get it published in France, Netherlands and Germany. He also learned the techniques of bomb making from a Russian revolutionary veteran and he circulated a pamphlet on this. In 1909, Madan Dal Dhingra, one of his protégés, assassinated surgeon Sir Cousin Wiley, the British MP, in a public meeting. While many condemned Dhingra's actions, Savarkar was one of the few who stood up for him and fought with the British authorities in taking claim of his ashes. It however came at a terrible personal cost for Savarkar. India House was shut down following Wali's assassination. He met Gandhi in 1909 at London, but the ideological chasm was too large between both of them. Savarkar, however, was not a doctrinaire believer in violence. For him, it was to be used only when necessary. As I said, we, we feel no special love for secret organizations or surprise in secret warfare. We hold that whenever open preaching and practicing of truth is banned by entrone violence, then alone secret societies and warfare are justified to combat violence by force. In the modern time, Lord Minto was planning to crush the independence movement and Savakar's elder brother Babarao was sentenced to life, while his younger brother was arrested in the Nasik, con Nasik conspiracy case. On the other hand, the British were building up the case against Savarkar for his involvement in revolutionary activities, waging war against the crown and distribution of arms. He was arrested in London in March 1910 and the magistrate ruled that he should be extradited in India for further trial. Keeping in touch with a close friend, Savaka asked him to inform on the ship's likely route. When the ship docked at Marseilles, he jumped out from the porthole at the top of the water closet in the toilet to the sea. He managed to swim to shore in spite of the British in hot pursuit of him. Unfortunately, his friends Madame Kama and Bibi Ayod were late in arriving and Savaka was caught by the authorities. It was a breach of international law as he was arrested by the British on foreign soil. France strongly protested over this breach of law and the case went before the permanent court of international arbitration. The court observed that since Britain and France were collaborating on Savakar's issue and as his arrest was done without any fraud, the British authorities need to hand him over and they could take him to India for a trial. Savakar reached Mumbai in July 1910 and was sent to Nasik jail. The stories of his attempted escape in Marseilles made him a hero of sorts. He refused to take part in this trial, saying he was entitled to assembly and protection in France. He was finally charged and sentenced to life imprisonment in the notorious Sella jail of Andaman and Nicobar Islands. <coughs> On June 27, 1911, Savakar was lodged in the steamer SS Maharaja and rode to the Andamans. The cellular jail, the Indian version of Devil's Island, a notorious prison filled with horrifying tales of torture and mistreatment.
It should be noted that the British sent only those revolutionaries and freedom fighters to the Sindar jail whom they felt as a major threat. Revolutionaries were yoked in an oil mill and made to pull it, a task that only beasts of burden could perform. Patans were used as jailers to mistreat and insult the prisoners. It was in this kind of soul-sapping environment that Sabakar spent 12 years in solitary confinement. And living in solitary confinement in a prison could drive anyone insane. Imagine he spent 12 years. That was the man's mental strength. Reunited with, with his brother Ganesh, he led a harsh life, rising at 5 a.m., cutting wood, working at the oil mill, and no contact with other prisoners. He hovered both the torture with dignity, he spent his time educating other prisoners and made them aware of their rights. Knowledge without action was lame. Action without knowledge was blind. This was Savakar's view. As news of the torture and harassment suffered by Savakar came out in the Indian media, there was a widespread outcry and a demand to release them. An epic ballad on Panipat composed entirely on the walls of his prison was one of the greatest literary feats ever. He was one of the greatest writers ever, often rated equal to Kalidasa by the Marathi critic Madhulkar. His magnum opus Kamala is often regarded as the Shakuntala of modern India in its usage of similes and its great composition. He also introduced a blank verse called as Vinayak in Marathi poetry. His long term in the Andamans and the solitary confinement began to bring a philosophical outlook towards life, and having experienced the worst of indignities and torture for him, death really held no fear. And this was the time he began to formulate the principal philosophy of Hindutva. Veer Savarkar one of the greatest minds of modern India, a brilliant thinker, a fearless, a fearless revolutionary, a dedicated freedom fighter, and a truly great son of Bharat. Naman to him.